Cheers. I'm Kate, and if I was a candle scent, I would be internal shrieking. And I'm Chris, and if I was a candle scent, I'd be lime-flavored LaCroix. And welcome back to the weekly meeting of the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. We review a different horror movie each week and discuss story, production, reception, and relevance in pop culture. Yeah, and in doing so, we basically ruin the movies that we are reviewing. So if you wanted to know how this movie ended without us telling it to you in a really critical and cynical kind of fashion, I recommend you just watch it yourself and come back. I think you should watch it yourself anyway, but to this week we are doing... The okay. best movie that we've reviewed. <laughs> it's an excellent movie. We are doing Silent Night, <laughs> Deadly Night. It was actually recommended by Chris. I think this is your first recommendation for the podcast it is and it's funny because i got it from a youtube video about the worst horror films of all time sorry my pipe streamer glasses keep coming off oh my god (laughs) and um this was not one of the worst horror films of all time it actually wasn't. Okay, I don't want to go into it. Ah, I'm just going to say it. I liked this horror movie. I love this movie. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> I thought this was phenomenal. So it is on par. Have you seen Trolls 2? Uh, no. Okay, I haven't seen Trolls 1 either, if that's the, any. There is no Trolls 1. Well, there is. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so there's a movie called Trolls 2. Okay. it is. As in ha- T-O-O? Trolls also? No. Is it? <laughs> as, as, in, it, as in, it's acting like it's a sequel, but it's not. Okay. Yeah. So it's called Trolls 2, and it's kind of what the room is to dramatic movies. It's what that is to horror movies. I love it. So we'll watch that. N- not next. I can't handle that. I've Join us next this. on our The Room podcast. Oh, I love The Room. No, but we'll ne- we're going to watch Trolls 2. But this very much has a feel of that. Like, it's very stupid love it it's very low budget yeah you kind I'm, of have I'm a feeling it thinks it's, you kind of have a feeling that it thinks it's doing a good job but, but i not. actually <laughs> really enjoyed this movie and i'm definitely going to be watching it every christmas no i'm going to watch this movie every christmas too yeah this I is agree. it's like, like the- it's a wonderful life silent night deadly night exactly <laughs> also not to be confused listeners with silent night bloody night which is I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The movie we're watching next year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Plan it. Schedule it. We're ready. (laughs) Well, why don't you just give us a brief synopsis of this movie for people who haven't seen it yet? All right. So this movie is about um, a young boy who watches his parents get brutally murdered by a petty thief dressed as Santa Claus. Yes. And then he spends the rest of his childhood being horrified of Santa Claus. He's abused by a nun. And then he kills a bunch of people on on Christmas Eve dressed as Santa Claus because he thinks that they are being naughty. Yes. So Santa Claus serial killer movie. Yes. Correct. Yes. And that actually leads me to what what I do next, which I always pick a genre. And this I chose Santa horror. That's so specific. I was going to say holiday slasher. I like Santa horror. Okay. How many Santa horrors could there be? I don't know. We have Silent Night, Deadly Night, or Silent Night, Bloody Night next. We got Krampuses out the yin-yang lately. True. I think it holds its own. All right. Fair enough. Santa horror it is. Yes. And so this movie, just as a little teaser, it has everything you could possibly need in a movie. We have murderous Santas. Yes. Candy canes. Yes. Drunk toy store owners. (laughs) I look for that in every movie. At least 10 bare-breasted women. Oh, my God. 
there were more nipples in this movie <laughs> than than there were I jingle bells. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, there was a there was a bunch. There are plentiful nips. So many nips. So, and this thing, this movie is older movie. It's it came out in 1984, which explains why there are so many bare-breasted women because that was almost a rule for all slashers in the <laughs> 80s. They're like, you have to have at least one, and then the director you have to have like, one big knife and a yeah. few breasts. Yeah, the director's like, okay, at least one. Is there is there a maximum? And they're like, no. He's like, okay, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. Then we're good. Exactly. <laughs> this director was someone I had never heard of ever, and probably never will talk about again. His name is Charles Seiler Jr. So and he- there's a reason you've never heard of him. Okay. Do you know what other movies he's done? I know he did a lot of evangelical films. Yeah. <laughs> He did like before this. He did like almost exclusively like Christian historical yeah. documentaries kind of thing, like movies t- entitled like "Finding the Historic Jesus" and "Finding the Historic Noah's Ark." Like that is okay. that is that is what we're talking Chuck. about here. So I had read that he mostly took this job as a favor. So I don't know like what loan shark he upset. But- <laughs> well. I know all I know is that TriStar insisted that he be the director and that the rest of the creative team didn't want him. They wanted other people like they really wanted Sam Raimi, young Sam Raimi to film to direct oh, this movie. Oh man, that would have been good. I know. But TriStar was very insistent that nope, this guy's got to do it. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say they were wrong because this movie has a huge cult following. Like yeah, I was surprised. Which I did I did not realize that when I recommended it that this was no. going to be a, quite the can of worms. It has not one, not two, but four sequels. Four sequels and a remake. And a remake. Yes. And so I'm sure you read about this Chris, but it um whenever it first came out in 84, uh it 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 made like a modest amount. Its budget was 750 grand, which honestly is That's pretty more, great. It's more than I thought it was after <laughs> yeah. watching this movie. Um and they made like 2.5 million. So that's like a pretty right. modest modest success. And it would have done better, but it had to be pulled from theaters like a week after it came out right. whenever parents realized that it was about a killer Santa Claus, and so they weren't stoked about it. Not just parents though, okay. There was an organization that called themselves Moms Against Movie Madness who picketed the movie theaters that were showing this, saying that it was a blight on their children. And we just need to talk about this for a second because the amount of controversy that this film managed to draw up is unprecedented. I could not believe it. Like Like before it even came out. It was already yeah. so controversial. Which is ridiculous, right? Because here we are saying that Santa horror gets to be its own genre. Yes. And Times have changed. They were livid that there was a Santa axe murderer, even though there were two different horror movies that came out before this that had killer Santa. Yeah, that no, one, that no one cared about. No, no one cared. That went under the radar. Okay. So obviously, I am one of the many people who are very excited that this movie happened. I'm very glad it happened. But- I kind of see where parents are coming from because they would air commercials for this that had Santa Claus murdering people with box cutters and they would air it like in between like episodes of Little House on the Prairie and stuff like that. <laughs> you're like you're like watching your Hallmark <laughs> yes. film. Santa's going to kill you. And then yes. ooh, she fell in love with the boy on the farm. Yes. So my sister, I have a little sister and whenever she was young, she was really freaked out by the idea of santa sneaking into the house and like because it's creepy as hell while she's asleep yes and so 
she would be really nervous like all December. And then on Christmas Eve, she wouldn't sleep. She'd be terrified. And so I'm just saying if she, if Emma, if my baby sister Emma was asleep on Christmas Eve and had previously seen a commercial of Santa slitting naked ladies throats with box like that might have just done her in. <laughs> that you know that could have set her up for a lifetime of psychological turmoil that would eventually culminate in her becoming Being a Santa, Santa Claus axe murderer. I'm just grateful it didn't happen, Chris. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> just but I still, so- I, just, I just can't believe it, right? Because so this movie came out. They were going to do a, a local release and then plan for a wide release closer to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it came out the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, poor and, planning. And it was outselling Nightmare by a long shot. What? Like it, it was doing so much better. And it was predicted that it probably would have done way better than Nightmare on Elm Street in the oh. long run if yeah. it hadn't been pulled from theaters. I mean, okay, yeah, you're, I, I believe that. Absolutely. And the only it, so it went back to theaters it, the next yeah. year because, I mean, whenever you have a bunch of people being up in arms about a movie and saying it's horrific, you have people like me who are like, cool, I want to see. And so obviously it was really good press for them. In fact, they had I think it was Siskel of Siskel and Ebert who. Yeah. You read that. He had a review and he said it's like sick, sleazy and mean spirited. And they put that on their posters. Yeah, he yeah he called he he read on his show he read the names of everyone involved in the movie essentially and he was like shame on you this is blood money and like Phil Donahue even dedicated an entire hour of his show just to cover the controversy around this movie and so like they got so much free publicity I know they did that they good. were just doing better and better and better but so like they were not gonna pull they were not gonna pull it from theaters just because of all these angry moms because the angry moms honestly. We're making this the most desirable movie of the holiday <laughs> season. But it actually got pulled because, as per usual, hashtag capitalism, follow the money. Um, oh God, so great. TriStar is owned, was owned by a couple different corporations, CBS, HBO, and Coca-Cola. And so Coca-Cola oh. had rebranded, oh, right, you know, no. Santa Claus holding the Coca-Cola yeah. bottle. And they're like, we can't do this. This is going to hurt our image. This is going to hurt our brand. Like, we don't want Santa to be a demon now so they forced it to be pulled does coca-cola own santa claus genuine question um no i I mean i think they might (laughs) what there's no way they own santa claus i'm i i think they might own santa i think he's definitely public domain is he yeah there's no way there's no way coca-cola was able to get their hands on the rights to santa claus I I think they might. I um, no, I think that Listeners, they please fact check this because I will be <laughs> so shook if Coca-Cola <laughs> managed to get a hold of that money bag. I wouldn't be surprised is all I'm saying, not at all. But yes, we know that it has a strong following and I honestly think just because of the controversial way it came out, like it could never have had a normal following at all. So the only way it would have had a following is a cult following. Right. And it has that in spades. And I am now part of that Christmas cult. And I think you are too. As am I. Honestly, I am like, so glad. This movie I thought was this, exceptional. I thought this was going to be a difficult fight because you really didn't like Idle Hands, man. You I really did not. Didn't like it. I know, but they're, it's like, they're very similar. They're not, though. Not at they all. Because, and I was thinking about that earlier today because Idle Hands is trying to be stupid. This movie isn't. Idle this Hands is, is a comedy. Yeah. This movie is incidentally very funny. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. But they were being very serious. 
I know. <laughs> but they couldn't have been that. See, ah, there are just there are scenes where I'm like, oh no, they're onto it. Like they know this is dumb. No, and there are I don't other think scenes they ever I'm like, did. I don't think they know. <laughs> I don't think they know. I don't think they know what they're doing. Uh, okay, so what other? I want to know what about other what other critics said because I I specifically didn't read about that stuff because I would have gone down a rabbit hole. And I want you to tell me. Right. So, long story short, people hate this movie, which <laughs> I am super shocked about because I know I started like after doing research after watching it, I thought people were gonna be like all over this and it was gonna be secretly super phenomenal. No, people still hate this movie. So, for example, okay. on Rotten Tomatoes, critics give it. <laughs> 25%. Oh, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah, but audiences give it 39%. And I thought they were going to be much nicer. I thought they were going to love this movie because I genuinely enjoyed this movie. I genuinely enjoyed this movie. There were a lot of really good reviews. Um, really? There were, <laughs> well, At 39%. No, I'm sorry. Good reviews to read. Not some. Ah, <laughs> not a lot are. of reviews that were positive, ah. to, to be fair. Um my favorite one by far, though, is from Mania.com. And they oh, say... I always want to know what they think, Mania.com. <laughs> I always want to know. <laughs> they said, quote, It had its moments, and then it vanished, like all garbage does. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty solid writing from <laughs> Mania.com. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, amazing. But... So that was a more recent review. Like that came out, like the reviews started coming out more for this movie after the remake because then people Wait, started watching the old one again. Are people still reviewing this movie? Yes, correct. That the, okay. So like the one I just read, that was from 2014. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the far better reviews are from way back when, when all this controversy was happening. And the best ones are not actual critics, but letters to the editor type things. And so lots of lots of angry parents, lots of angry people writing saying that this movie was, you know, a bastardization of a good American Christian tradition, whatever. I mean, it is kind of Santa smut. But my favorite one, my oh, absolute boy. favorite review for this entire in since 1984, my absolute favorite one is by this man. He's um, his name is John. He's okay. a school principal in Rutland, Vermont. And he wrote a letter to the editor about this movie. And he says, quote, it is an invasion of children's dreams and fantasies. It is a form of child abuse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which I okay. personally think is a that's over the top strong language. <laughs> Especially the fact that he's saying that it's invading people's dreams the same time that Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a movie actually about invading that dreams. It actually is invading dreams. All right. No, I think what a I very think very grumpy principle. I think it goes way too far to say that this movie is child abuse. What might be more apt to call child abuse is parents lying to their children for the first decade of their life, telling them that a fat man comes down their chimney every Christmas and gives them presents, but will give them you like, didn't believe in Santa? Of course I did. But like, All in right. retrospect, was it worth it? Yes, of course it was. That was All awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. I was like, Chris, I'm not fighting about this with you. <laughs> we'll never raise our kids that way, Chris. Who would have thought that we would both love this movie and argue about Santa Claus himself? 
Well, we got to find something to argue about. We have to find something. All right. We should just dive into this movie because I'm so excited to talk about it again. I just watched it and I want to watch it again. I know. I'm thrilled to. Yes. Okay. So everyone, let me set the stage for you. There I was sitting on my couch drinking some tea and eating some vegan nachos. I was enjoying my life. Everything was fine. Cue an hour and a half of complete visual assault. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fair. (laughs) Because it is. Okay, so, but for real, this movie opens, and it's like a Volkswagen driving through nowhere, Utah, in 1971, mm-hmm. and I instantly think that this is, I'm watching the wrong movie, because it looks exactly like the beginning of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. Well, I'm pretty sure that they have the identical openings. Yeah. Slightly different play out, though. <laughs> <laughs> in any event, so... That car is driving along. There's a little boy in the back and he's like, mom, what time is it? And she's like, oh, it's 4.30. And he's like, when does Santa come? And she's like, when you're asleep. And I was yeah, like, did, okay. you, did you hear the lyrics to the song the radio was playing? I wrote them down. Oh, my God. Please, I, they sing I that song twice singing, in the movie. And I on singing them. Is that okay? Can yes, please do. Yes, please. That's the scene. Okay, cool. All right. Santa's watching, Santa's waiting, Christmas Eve is slowly fading. Can't you hear him in the night? Close the door, turn out the light. (laughs) And they're just smiling. I'm like, what the hell? Christmas fever. Christmas fever. They they sing that song three times, actually, in the whole movie. There's another song, though. There's a separate one because oh i i recorded it and i want to use it as our outro music so Can't guys stay it. tuned <laughs> for the outro music it's actually going to be a santa song excellent yes okay but so the i'm kind of upset as as per usual i get obsessed with the music of these movies yeah you mean the the five piano chords they just smack at all times <laughs> correct so the composer <laughs> for this movie is there's a composer <laughs> yes the composer for this movie <laughs> Is Perry Bakken Jr. Okay. So actually, they had a bunch of Christmas songs specifically written for this movie, and those were clearly those were used. And though <laughs> that you can buy that, like it was made, it was a made of vinyl album that you could you were supposed to be able to get when this movie Sold. released. Sold. But I then they it. never released it because they oh! never released the movie. And then they they did eventually release it after the remake came out. So you can you can buy the soundtrack. If you think I'm not sneaking that on next Christmas when my mom's not paying attention. <laughs> but the rest of the music, the non-lyrical music, um, mm-hmm. P- Perry Bakken Jr., Yes. what I love about him is that he just improvised the music. Yeah, so, that doesn't shock me at all. Okay, but usually you like plan the music to set the scene, you know? He just watched the movie, and as he was watching the movie, he just played along and recorded at the same time. And then later on, he went on. He went back and like added a couple layers and polished it off and whatever. But he literally just like he just scattered his way through this movie on some sort of syn- like eighties synth, and then that's how they cut the soundtrack for this movie. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like someone's just tapping along. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I thought the soundtrack for this movie was revolutionary. Yeah, every time Santa pops up, smack five keys at random. <laughs> But loudly. Wham! Wham! Santa's here. Loved it. So they are going, they're driving through Utah, and they're going to go meet Billy, the little kid. They're going to go meet his grandpa. And they're like, oh, I wonder where grandpa is. 
zoom in for a solid 13 seconds oh my god medical facility (laughs) the establishing shots for this for this movie are so prolonged it's a all right this movie is great it's a lot of things it is not subtle it is (laughs) (laughs) what it's not subtle so they go to see grandpa who is catatonic and sitting in a rocking chair yes which is very cheery for Christmas. And then the parents leave to go look at his medical chart with the doctor. And this guy grabs Billy. This guy is his grandpa. Yeah. Grabs Billy and explains that Santa's going to punish you if you're not good. That Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. And pretty much says like, oh, yeah, you've heard that Santa will bring you presents if you're good. That's true. But you have to only be good. If you've done anything naughty, he'll come get you. He'll ki- Yeah. He's like, if you see santa on christmas eve you better run for your life run for your life he's coming for you and i gotta say the the performances in this movie are not what make this movie like these actors are not people who you will recognize anywhere else but this guy (laughs) actually is so this guy's name is william Hare, and Mm -hmm. he actually had a pretty solid career like he did a lot of television and a lot of broadway and i don't know if you did you ever play um chess master like the little chess game uh, on the computer? Yeah. 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 So that, like, you know, like the face of the old wizard-looking grandpa guy. <gasps> That's You're him. kidding! Oh my god! I'm not kidding! Wow! Starstruck! Yeah. So he actually <laughs> he has the most solid performance of this whole movie, and it kind of justifies the entire existence of the movie. Okay. <laughs> it does. He sets the stage for everything, and his performance is actually really solid. It was very solid, but also his whole spiel. Is completely unexplained, nor do they ever bother to go back to, like, address oh, no. why he said the way he said. No, they, they're they just like, he's crazy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't was... you see we zoomed in for 13 seconds on the mental facility sign? Yeah. Try, try to keep up, Chris. They're like, try okay, so up. this guy's crazy. <laughs> end of end of story. Yeah, but, like, it was a very, it was a very good, creepy scene, but completely, there was no continuity with the rest of the plot line as far as that goes. No, and I'm not mad about it in the slightest. Not even a little bit. So, anyway, we get to see Santa, this drunk robber, yeah. show up in a liquor store and shoot the clerk. Oh, my gosh. So dramatic. Yes. <laughs> my favorite part about this scene, though, is... I mean, is it the Merry Christmas part? Yes. Yeah. $31. Merry fucking Christmas. I love that because he literally <laughs> he walks into this, like truck stop like um gas like station convenience store, store right mm-hmm. shoots a guy three yeah. times to- two twice in the chest and once in the head and then he's like damn it i only got 31 dollars." i'm like you just <laughs> he's you just killed it. a man <laughs> and you're upset that there wasn't enough money in this back roads till chris i don't want to spoil the net na- i know you've seen it but this santa is a bad santa oh <laughs> he's not a good santa he's not a good guy no he's not a good guy no, no, he's not. But I just, I just couldn't believe that. I was like, really? You're upset about how much money you made off of killing someone? <laughs> Anyways. So, then we see that Volkswagen driving down the road and it's dark now and they're listening to ominous Christmas music and <laughs> Santa's standing in the middle of the road. And of course, <laughs> I did like this because the parents are like, wow, look at Santa. They see I, nothing wrong with this at all. They're like, <laughs> they're like look, Billy, look, it's look, Santa. <laughs> Like, let's wake up Billy. And Billy's like, floor it! Hit pedal to the metal, people! Get out of here! I just got the scoop. Santa's bad. (laughs) Keep driving, Dad. Keep going. 
And th- but these parents are way too trusting of Santa. If anything, this movie taught us that just because someone is dressed as Santa does not mean that that person is a good person. No. Correct. So maybe the blind trust of Santa Claus that these like mom groups are trying to advocate for, maybe that's a bad thing. Is that not what I just said a little bit ago? Maybe is that not what I just s- said yeah, it is. Kate, about us maybe- raising our children this way? All right. Well, maybe don't maybe just don't go sitting on every lap you see, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Life advice. Life advice from unexpected places. <laughs> so Santa meanders up. They just roll the window down and they're like, you need a ride, Santa? They're just going to put him in the back seat with their two kids. Yeah. And Billy's like, no, no, no. Billy's like, he doesn't need a ride. He doesn't. He's fine. He's <laughs> got reindeer. He's fine. And Santa's like, well, not exactly. And then pulls out a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And dad has like some pretty impressive reflexes. He does. He does. He like throws that car in reverse. Yeah, he does. It and doesn't work though. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Would have been more impressive if he lived. Dad doesn't yeah. live. Poor dad. He gets As shot. As we see in the 25 flashbacks in this movie to dad getting shot. Oh my gosh. It's like th- throughout this entire movie, people, it, they're like, hey, did you remember that part at the beginning? <laughs> he killed the parents. Cool. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about every detail. Not so. Do you see that mom's nipples? You need. Okay, here they are again. (laughs) Do you remember them? Yeah. Remember. So basically, dad floors in a reverse, but he still gets shot at. Um, Mom gets yanked out of the car and raped by Santa. Yeah, at least almost because she starts fighting and he gets tired of that. And then he slits her throat. Just slits her throat. Yeah. He's like, eh, done with that. And And all the while, Ricky's like still in the car. The, l- the little baby is Ricky and he's yeah. still in the car. I know his name because he's in, he is obviously the big guy in the sequel. It's obviously. Ricky. Um, but Billy, the main character in this one, he's run off in the woods and is just watching all of this happen. Right. So he's going to have a little bit of PTSD from that. Yeah. And the Santa knows that he's there, but never yeah, finds he him apparently. He, he tries to look for him. Yeah. And then gives up, I guess. And doesn't really want Ricky too bad because Ricky's just strapped in the back. Right. Yeah. So anyway, three years later, it's 1974, and much like our last movie, this movie has evil nuns in it too. And a very an, another prolonged establishing shot. Yeah, it's yes. They're like they it's an orphanage, people. He's an orphan. You know, his parents were just killed. Did you get it? They're dead. They're dead. He's an orphan. Here he is. Okay, next. Like, I'm I'm just gonna say, not many like child care centers actually call themselves orphanages. That's because true. Because this isn't Oliver Twist. It's true. I feel like there's definitely a stigma against the word orphanage. No one says orphanages. But it literally, it's like home for orphanages and orphans and people who live in orphanages. Yeah. Yeah. Home for people with dead parents. <laughs> the Nun Academy cool. for Children with Dead Parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. We should write a screenwrite. I think we already are right now. Let's just redo this movie. The third remake. Yeah, exactly. Extra switchblades, even more naked breasts. So many more breasts. (laughs) So, anyway. So now we have this house full of evil nuns. Well, one very nice nun. (laughs) Yeah. A mix of evil and normal nuns. Yeah. And they are celebrating Christmas, and you meet Mother Superior. And she's exactly how you're imagining her right now. She's bright and cheery. Yeah, she likes to hit kids, um, and she's very into, like, wicked stuff like oh if you're like oh it's a wicked child so it it opens it's an opening shot of like little old slightly older billy and they're all drawing christmas cards or something and they're taping them up 
and they're like, Billy, will you draw your Christmas card? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And they go to tape it up. And it's like Santa and his reindeer just like sliced to shreds and bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> like Santa's holding a knife. He just decapitated Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. Rudolph's gone. And obviously, like, one of the nuns is nice and is like, okay, you're traumatized. I understand why you're drawing Santa with, you know, his head cut off and things like that. Right. Mother Superior is less understanding. And she basically says, no, just because his parents were murdered by Santa Claus is no excuse for him to color reindeer with switchblades in them. It's not okay. It's not an excuse. He probably doesn't even remember it. He was, what, nine years old when it happened? Yeah. <laughs> Children don't start forming memories until at least 15. <laughs> But we do have Sister Margaret. That's the good sister. Ugh, who is love Sister Margaret. Who, like, is taking care of people, or at least trying to. Yeah, she's the real hero of this movie. Yeah. But um, not really, because she kind of gets him beat, because Mother Superior sends him to her his room, and she's like, actually, just go outside and play. Like, go play with the children. It'll be fine. Yeah, which was definitely a bad call. <laughs> bad call. And then Billy goes down the hallway we see our second pair of boobs. It's like 10 minutes into the Oh, movie. my God. I was not ready for another <laughs> pair of breasts. Yes. yes. Another pair of boobs. He's looking through a peephole at these two or- orphans, approximately 25 years of age. Yeah, exactly. He's still in the orphanage. <laughs> they're like 25. They're old. And they're having Christmas sex. And he obviously has flashbacks to Santa reaping his mom. Yeah, he sees her breasts, and he's like, oh, I've seen these before. I've seen these before, and they're not good. Oh, my dead mother. Got it. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we see Mother Superior come in and, like, start beating the crap out of these orphans, pretty much. Right. And so he runs to go play outside with the other kids, who are, they're at, their play is filling buckets with dirty snow. Yeah, it's not fun. Did they're you not see having what they fun. were doing? <laughs> they were just all <laughs> filling their buckets with dirty snow. Well, it's funny because they filmed all of the establishing shots first, and there's a lot of snow in all of them. And it's they did that because they wanted lots of snow in the establishing shots. And then they, as they started filming, the snow melted. That's a stupid priority to have. I agree. <laughs> okay. But I love it still. That's interesting because I read a review, and like one of the one of the one positive reviews was like, "Oh, I actually enjoyed the cinematography." And I was like, really? Like, that's, that's what you got away from this? <laughs> okay. All right. You don't watch many movies. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, obviously we get to Christmas morning number two very quickly. Yes. Yes. Well, and so but so Mother Superior is talking to Billy and she's like, hey, did you see what they were doing up oh, there? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he's like, no. And she's like, well, they were punished because they were naughty and punishment is good. And it's like this whole thing. And I was like, huh. I wonder why I wonder he ends up the, the way he is. Because yeah. <laughs> we, we also, we had just had grandpa saying, if you're naughty, you get punished. Yeah. So like literally, so every adult in this kid's entire life, ex- uh, M- Sister Margaret excluded, has told him that naughty children need to be punished. And apparently in the most yes. severe fashion possible. Yeah. Corporally, if possible. Other this <laughs> An alternate title for this movie that was rejected at the last moment was... How to raise a serial killer. (laughs) How to build a serial killer. Anyway, so Santa comes to the orphanage. And Mother Superior has some very strong feelings about it. And she's like, every kid is going to get on that goddamn jolly lap. 
Which is a weird priority for her. Yeah, I know. And so she literally grabs Billy, knowing that Santa killed his parents. And that he's terrified. Yeah, and shoved him on the, the fat man's lap. And Billy punches Santa Claus and then runs away. Like, socks him. Like, yeah, knock. Like he punches he, him out. Santa gets some air and a very <laughs> profound bloody nose. I know. It's like, dang, Billy. But like I just don't understand why why Mother Superior was so insistent on this on, like him not wanting to sit on Santa's lap was not him being bad like, or naughty. Okay, I'm gonna have to tell you this too. Mother Superior is not a good nun. Oh my god! <laughs> what? She's bad. She's a bad nun. I'm a bad judge of character. I know. It's those wimples. It's you. those wimples. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So now we get to go to Christmas number three. Yeah, 10 years later. Yes. Where we have a now adult and shockingly attractive. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. Okay, wait a minute. Don't undersell it because. (laughs) So we have Sister Margaret. She's at a toy store. She's talking to the toy store owner and she's like, hey, I've got this orphan. He needs a job. You got a place that has work. Cool. Let's 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 dance here. And the guy's like, I don't want a kid. I need a man. I need a man who can carry boxes. You think of a child like can carry boxes? I know. It's like a child can't carry these Mr. Potato Heads. And Sister Margaret's like, "Oh well, I guess I don't. Only, I only have this child. Hey, Billy, come here." Yeah. And then slow pan from Billy's <laughs> feet all the way up to his face, and literally, I. Did you gasp? My roommate can attest to this, but I involuntarily, I was like. Oh no, he's hot. Oh no, he's hot. <laughs> it was I was literally Squidward seeing what's his William. name? Squilliam. Squilliam. <laughs> Imagining oh, him no, in his underwear. Oh hot. no, he's hot. Literally what happened to me. Because it's ridiculous. He's wearing like those skin tight denim like 70s pants and then yes. cut off sleeves. Those aren't necessary. He came here to work, Chris. He came- but I love it because this toy store owner just gives him an up and down. And he's like, he does. Oh, he'll do just fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. He'll do. <laughs> I was like, whoa, holy shit. That's not where I expected that interaction to go. No. Needless to say, given the amount of pornography I've already experienced, I definitely thought that the toy store owner's plot line was going to go in a different direction. Oh, absolutely. But, but there are no breasts in that one. So true. It's not- it's not worth it. To it's the not worth it. No, yeah. that'll just take valuable breast time away from someone else. They're like, Which boy is nipples? Coming, what? Oh. Don't worry. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's coming. So, oh, and then we get this hilarious montage of Billy doing good boy things. <gasps> oh my, it was For, so long. <laughs> it's a full, it's a full song. So they took one of their made up Christmas songs, a full three minute song, and they used the entire song to do a montage. <laughs> it was like whoever was the editor didn't quite know how to edit music. And they're Not like, at all. Keep it the length it is. <laughs> just add videos <laughs> yeah. until it's full. <laughs> but so I loved see, it. We get to see Billy like assembling Mr. Potato Heads and like smiling at children. <laughs> we get to see boxes. His, yes. We see his coworker like offering him a cup full of liquor at lunchtime only for Billy to like chuckle to himself and lift up his milk carton and say, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a good Catholic boy. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you later. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> oh my God. I loved that montage. It was so good. And then it ends with the toy store owner unraveling this big Merry Christmas sign with a yeah. big old jolly Giant Santa face Santa. on it. And Billy's face goes from like, 
happy to like very upset. (laughs) (laughs) And you can tell he's just like stifling his murderous urges. He definitely is. And prepare for more boobies because they're coming because he develops a crush on Pamela, his co-worker at the toy store. And we get to have this like dream sequence of her just kind of laying there naked with her boobies out. I was not sure it was a dream at first. I wasn't either. I was but like, oh my God, he's having sex? He's That's naughty. He's going to die. I know, that's naughty. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, no, he wouldn't do that. But he doesn't. He just dreams about it. And then Santa shows up and box cutters her in the stomach. Yeah, she like, yes. And then we wake up. I was so shook by this scene. First of all, because it's the only brief and glorious moment that we get to see his butt. Second, it's so hairy. It's, it's awful. Kate, keep your opinions gonna, to yourself. I was going to ask if you had seen that because I, I downloaded the unrated version and I thought I was going to get like more, you know, gory Santa murders. Santa you slaughter. thought you were going to get more penises. No, I did not. I was <laughs> not prepared. Thank God. But I thought I would have more Santa slaughter. Like, you know, oh, it's going to be good. I did not know there was going to be so many hairy butts, which was one and it was too many. Yeah, I was going to say, were there any others? Because maybe no, I watched the, just the, one. the censored <laughs> the version. The tame one. <laughs> no, it was awful. <laughs> Kate's like, I had 50 naked women in one scene. <laughs> all getting slashed up. Yes. They just all lined up and he just box cuttered them in a row. So that was terrifying. And then, yeah. so he wakes up and like goes into fetal position in the corner. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not better. Poor baby. No. No. And Christmas Eve's around the corner. Yeah. And the employee who plays the toy store Santa has been injured the night before. And so- Ice skating. Terrible ice yes, skating accident. Yes, an ice skating. <laughs> and the toy, store owner, the toy store owner goes up to Billy and is like, hey, but like, can you help me out? I need a favor. And Billy, ever the sweet Catholic boy, goes, yeah, yeah, whatever you need. I'm there. And we get this hilarious smash cut to Billy just dressed in full Santa gear with a beard looking not happy. No. And the owner's like, oh, yeah, just think jolly and lots of ho-ho-hos and Billy's like literally about to stab himself with a (laughs) glass like mirror shard I know and we get the creepiest moment ever of all the parents watching Santa Santa Billy hold their kids on his lap and there's this one little girl who just doesn't want to be there no and he's like grabbing her by the shoulders and like murmuring he's like stop 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 it stop it you know what you're doing right now you're being naughty you know what happens to naughty kids they get punished and all the parents are like five feet away and are like, oh, he's so good with kids. I know because she settles down because he literally threatened her life. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he's so good. He like so hands her a candy cane and she runs away. <laughs> and then, of course, they shut the store down and then we reveal that the toy store owner is kind of a lush. It's a raging alcoholic. Yep. <laughs> Locks the door. Oh, they're gone. Time to get shit face. I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Okay. But I love it because so they all start drinking. Yeah. And he's giving Billy some alcohol, which is uh, allegedly Billy's first, you know, glass yeah. of alcohol ever. Yeah. Because he like, only drinks milk cartons. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, stick yeah. with me, son. Soon you'll be thinking you are Santa. I'm like, well, if that's not the biggest <laughs> piece of foreshadowing. I was about to say. The writer's like, this is some sneaky foreshadowing. Yeah, you're like, this this movie, Kate's so right. This movie is not no. subtle. It's 
it, but they, like they do these things that make you think that they think they're being subtle like that. Like, oh, you think you're going to be Santa by the end. I'm like, your poster has Santa with an axe on it. I think he is going to think he's Santa and he thinks yeah! Santa's a murderer. <laughs> I don't think anyone sitting in this theater doesn't know what they signed up for. Yes. Okay? <laughs> Except for Moms Against Movie Madness. Yeah. I don't know. They're acting like they have Tim Allen up there and he just like yeah. put on the Santa suit. And now like we don't know that the axe is coming out. Yeah, exactly. We know what's coming. We know what's happening. We're with you. Yep. So the party continues. Yeah. And should we call it a party? It's more like a sad gathering of five adults who work at a toy store. It's very weird because they're playing a Christmas song on the radio and they all start singing a different Christmas song. A different Christmas, Christmas song. song. And like the owner's the only one doing it, and then everyone else like sort of start. They'll start singing <laughs> along, but it's like weird because they're like it's offbeat so from the weird. the song playing, and they're like, "Yeah, this is normal." And Billy doesn't know the words. Did you notice? That? Yeah, he's mouthing entirely different words. He's like, "I don't, I don't know Christmas songs. I don't understand this." He's like, "It's not my favorite holiday. I'll be honest." <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see the other the other store worker, the other toy store worker, who we already know is kind of we know not he's our a favorite. villain. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So he's like waving the mistletoe at Pamela and Pamela follows in the back and we see, you know, obviously Billy's ability is following him because he doesn't trust this guy. And Pamela is like, oh, you have a present for me? Like, what's the present? She's like, like well, why she- couldn't you just show it to me out there? I'm like, Pamela, I know. where he's are like, you? Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, Pamela's a little nice. He's like, well. I'm not, I don't want to say anything, but it's not a present I want to show other people. I'm like, yeah. we get it. The, the present is your penis. It's your dick. We get yeah. it. <laughs> we get it. Pamela still does not. She's like, is it a pony? I, what yeah, is what it? is it? Just show me. And Billy walks in and sees Andy, like, tearing at Pamela's clothes and sh- trying to, like, rape her, yeah. presumably. But Grab- instead of jumping in, he has to, like, take the time <laughs> to, like, have a flashback. He's like, ha- he, has a, he has a little meltdown. Yeah, yet again, he sees he sees Pamela's Pamela's nipples, and he's like, "Nipples, nipples, I've seen them. I've seen nipples, <laughs> mother nipples, Dick Santa kill, yeah. Santa kill, and it like clicks. <laughs> <laughs> he rushes over, rips Andy off of her, yeah. grabs a string of Christmas lights conveniently next to him, and then." turns out billy's actually superman or some crap because he lifts billy up by the neck by these christmas lights and strangles him with one hand with one arm just strangled done dead i was i was shook i was like yeah i saw your arms in that like pan up shot but they weren't that big chris that was before he was lifting the potato head boxes oh he has bulked up yes this this summer job has really (laughs) developed him it has and Pamela doesn't like the fact that she just watched someone get murdered. No, she's like, she's like, you can tell she's like, thanks for stopping that. But what the hell? Yeah, but what is wrong with you? Please don't touch me. Which I think is fair. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's fair. She's having a rough day. And then he's like, punish. And he like, punish. Like literally unzips her with a box cutter. Yeah. And for those of you, whenever we say punish. He is literally, the actor is literally saying punish. That is, that he, he says that in the, in the movie. He's he says it. <laughs> before yeah. every kill. Not subtle. Not subtle. No. And then we have Mr. Sims, the toy store owner, stumble back there. He gets a hammer to the head. Yeah, he's like, I think I hear something. Yeah. Wham! 
Yes. And then we have the other person, Mrs. Randall, say, I think I hear something. So she goes back and she gets, what happens to her? Oh, my God. Oh, she gets impaled. Well, no, because before she goes back there, like all the lights turn off and she's like, Mr. Sims, like Mr. it's so Sims. beautiful. And like these Ugh, well, these dolls, these, the these Christmas dolls are dancing around this store. And there's that one Santa one that they keep panning to its face. Yes, yes. And it's so terrifying. Yeah. So she goes back there. She sees the dead Mr. Sims. Yeah. She screams. She runs. She tries to call someone because she can't get out the door. Yeah. So Billy cuts the, the wire. And she's actually, she's the smartest victim he has the entire movie. Which is not a compliment. Not a compliment. (laughs) But like she sets up a stack of boxes and then hides behind another box and then he thinks it's her and then he falls and then she runs and she's like, she grabs the, um, the something, a stick or something. And she was going to break the window or she grabs the ax. I think at this point, she's going to break the window. She does. She grabs it. And then he's like, no. And then shoots her with a bow and arrow. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, what kind of toy store is this? They have axes. They have <laughs> actual functional bow and arrows, not like toy yeah, bow and yeah, arrows. They're like bow and like, arrows. Like you could have killed a deer with this. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. That's unexplained. Unexplained. I don't know what Mr. Sims was into. I have a feeling that he has a backstory on his own. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But then, don't worry, we get our fourth pair of nipples really soon. <laughs> I was because I was wondering if we were ever like you know it's been a while more. like where are the nipples It's been a solid 3 minutes. Yeah. 3 nippleless minutes. And so Billy goes to a nearby house. He breaks in. We have these two we have Denise and Tommy who are these teenagers who are played by these 40-year-old actors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Old. And they're getting naked on a pool table. Because that's where that's where you that's, do that. That's where you do it. That's comfy. Yes. And Cindy is uh, presumably Denise's little sister is upstairs and is like, I want to see Santa. And they're trying to get rid of her. She's like, don't come downstairs. We're doing homework. And if if you don't go to bed, Santa won't come. <laughs> to which Tommy replies, he's not the only one. Oh, God. I was like, is this a porno? Am I wa- Did I rent a porno on accident? I genuinely, every time someone starts having sex, I'm like, oh my God, is this just a big just lead a up to the actual mm-hmm. porn scene? Yes. Yeah, this is, yeah. Either a 1980s porno or Santa slasher. Or both. I don't see why it can't be both. I think objectively it's both. Yes. <laughs> objectively. Then Denise hears jingling at the door and is like, I need to go take care of my cat. Yeah. To which Tommy's like, I'm going to kill you. Like, <gasps> ha Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's kind of a psycho. Yeah, he's not the best. No, not a good guy. So Denise goes to answer the door, topless. It's the wearing, 70s. I want to call it Or the jean 80s shorts, or whatever. A jean thong. She's wearing a jean thong. Yeah, they're, they're pretty else. high riding. <laughs> Those are more than Daisy Dukes. <laughs> yes. So she answers the door, and then um, obviously Billy c- breaks in screaming, punish. Well, he like she slams the door and then he like walks through their door like it's wet tissue paper. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he really does. He's like hulking out. He's like punish. <laughs> and she's yes. like, oh, oh gosh, and runs into another room. Tommy hears nothing, by the way. Tommy hears nothing except for his, his aching blue balls. Like <laughs> he hears nothing. And then Billy, ever the Hulk, as you have said, picks up Denise. 
and slowly impales her. This is my favorite murder in the whole movie. It's a really, I actually genuinely think it's a good murder. Like, slowly impales her on these deer antlers of, like, the buckhead that's on their wall. Well, I love it because he throws his axe at her and misses, so it gets into stuck in the wall. And yeah. then he runs up and picks her up, and he's like, well, what am I going to kill her with? My axe is in the wall. <laughs> and so then he sees the deer head, and he's like, ah. yes, that works. That will punish. <laughs> That'll do. That one was so gross and so... I like that one. Oh, my gosh. So, But this brings us back to the whole, like, the director of this movie did Christian, Christian evangelical films. historical movies, right? Yeah, I think he was suppressing something, Chris. Well, so he agreed... To, he filmed... He directed the, the majority of the movie, but he didn't direct any of the scenes with murders in them. That's the whole movie. So he didn't direct this movie. So he had a second... There was a second director, Michael Spence... Oh, poor Spence. Who came in and he directed all of the actual murder scenes because Charles E. Sealer um, couldn't, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle the gore. So he had someone else, he had Michael Spence film, like direct all of those fil- scenes, which yeah, I, like, as you said, begs, begs the question, what scenes he were left? He didn't direct anything. <laughs> no, that's really dumb. Why did he sign on to that movie? I don't, TriStar insisted. I don't know. That's like if I was like, yeah, I want to be a lifeguard. I can't swim. Yeah. I think I'll be a really I'll be a really good lifeguard. Duty. I don't want to do any of the swimming part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do the saving part. I just want to be like the tanning Land up in my lifeguard. high chair thing and yeah. watching people and blowing my whistle thing. Idiots. Idiots. Anyway, so then obviously Billy comes downstairs or comes outside and he gets, you know, what does he get? Box cuttered? Yes, he gets box cuttered. Well, he he's almost strangled for a little bit. With the, with like the phone cord, yes. And then that doesn't work, so he gets kicked, yes. and then he gets thrown out the window. That's right. He gets thrown out the window. He gets thrown out the and window, instant, and then like huge dies. pieces of glass, yes, like impaling his abdomen. Yeah, because it's like the eighties. Safety glass isn't a thing. Safety glass, like. nothing. Yeah. So okay, so they wake up in series. Now it's Cindy. The kids turn to wake up. <laughs> Correct. So she wakes up. Little Cindy Lou Who. Sees no issue at all with Santa holding a bloody axe. He's like, Santa? Santa? (laughs) And Billy, you know, creeps up the stairs and is like, have you been naughty or have you been nice? And she's like, I've been super nice. And Billy's like, but have you done anything naughty? And he's like like, pulling a box cutter out of his pocket. But like even a little thing. And she's like, nope, no naughty. And he's like, well, all right. All right. I guess I believe you. Give her the box cutter. (laughs) And she looks and at him like, the, the fuck kind of gift yeah. is this? <laughs> this is the point where you're like, okay, Cindy's not brain damaged. Because she's yeah. like, uh. <laughs> she's like, why do I want this bloody box cutter? Yeah. She doesn't quite know what to make of it. But I'm pretty sure I see another PTSD-fueled killer Santa in her future. Oh, yeah. Is she the yeah. character from, like, the fourth or fifth Has sequel? <laughs> Gotta no, be. but No, it can't be. Because the fourth or fifth sequel are entirely unrelated. Of course. Yeah. Why would I? Why would why I? Why would they be? <laughs> so, now the police are on the hunt for this killer Santa. So they bust in on this family where the dad, dressed as Santa, is like trying to surprise his daughter. Oh my god! <laughs> Does that ever happen? I think people definitely used to do that. I think it's definitely a thing. Yeah. I think it might have been an older thing. Yeah. I mean, because now look- we think it's creepy. Yeah. Definitely, I didn't realize how much our generation had been influenced by this movie without even realizing it. It's true. 
It's true. Talk about pop culture. Pop culture. So then we get the two bullies on the sled. We get like these two nerdy kids out sledding at like yeah. midnight on, mm-hmm. Christmas, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. We get this great line where the kid's like, oh, check it out, like virgin snow. And the other kid's like, ha ha, the only kind you're going to get. And I'm like, so I'm like, why are you going to kill these guys? Is it because they're out past their bedtime or something? But they're not who we're going to murder, is they're it? They're not who gets murdered. Because <laughs> then we get these two giant bullies. These two giant codependent bullies. Very. They're in a, they're, they're lovers. They are lovers, 100%. Correct. And they're taking times. They're taking turns sledding. They're like, ha ha, watch me. My turn. Watch me sled. This beautiful dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. So the bully is going down his sled, gets his head whopped off by Santa. Yeah. Well, I love it because they, they hear Santa like jingling through the forest. Yeah. And they... <laughs> One out of both of the two groups of boys were like, I don't know. I hear something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's like, fine. do you not hear the jingling? Watch me sled. <laughs> yeah. Decapitated. If, if, if you've listened to the song, which is in our outro, it's you hear Santa coming. Go inside. Lock your doors. Turn out the lights. Yeah. They didn't heed the advice Life of the advice. white radio. <laughs> And then we get the the very lengthy squawking of the second kid as his decapitated friend. Oh my god, he screams for so long, and it's like, are you gonna run away at any point? Because you're no, still fair game. He just screams. And then, of course, we have like the next morning, all the crap at the orphanage that isn't as interesting. But we know that sisters Mar- sister Margaret's trying to get involved and trying to help out Billy and explain like, oh well, he had a troubled past, and the police is like, well, his body count is pretty high, so yeah, it's already. <laughs> Kind of don't care about his backstory. Sorry about that. And then we have some very loose cannons on the police force in this Utah town. Holy moly guacamole out. <laughs> they get a call on their little police radios. It's like, okay, you see Santa, you shoot. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, gotcha. it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. We've already demonstrated that there, there are multiple Santas walking around right now. And we have this uh, this poor, sweet, deaf pastor at the orphanage dressed as Santa. <laughs> like out with the kids. And the cop shows up, blam! Yeah, right in the back. Shoots him in the back. They're like, I oh my God, it. they fi- they killed father. <laughs> Oops. And then Santa, so this Santa died. The good good father Santa died because he looked like Santa. And then Billy manages, manages to sneak into the orphanage because he also looks like Santa. Well, he doesn't sneak into the orphanage though, right? Because like, so first- yeah, he does. First, not, not at first though, right? Because so- um, Mother Superior, like, chews out the cop for killing a priest. <laughs> yeah, fair. Just because he was dressed as Santa. And then he's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Anyways, I'm going to go outside and, like, scope around. Don't let anyone in. And she's like, cool. Oh we're going to sit here and sing Christmas songs. That's right. And all so the kids are, like, around. horrified. They all yeah. watch someone get shot at point blank range. And she's like, sing! Sing Jingle Bells! <laughs> jingle Bells! Jingle Bells! That's pretty much what's happening here. Yeah, that's what happens. And so the cop goes over to a very creepy shed behind this (laughs) orphanage. (laughs) And he goes down and it's super creepy. Like it's this weird cellar kind of thing. It's very ominous. The music is perfect. Ad-libbed as per usual. And then he goes up and he's like, all right, fine. And then punish. Punish! He falls down the stairs. 
That's right. I forgot about that because I didn't care about that guy at all. So now Billy sneaks into the orphanage. By like knocking on the door and a little boy lets him in. And going in. Yeah. yeah it's not so much sneaking. <laughs> that's, that's true. So he goes upstairs and he sees Mother Superior in her little wheelchair. And she like is still a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she gets the children behind him. Even in her, her position, she's still a bitch. And he just walks up and he raises the axe. Yeah. And bam, he gets shot in the back. And then he actually dies. Yeah. It's kind of anticlimactic. It was very anticlimactic, really. Yeah. And so but they make up for it. They do. They really do. Billy's lying on the ground. Yeah. He's he's dying. He's bleeding out. And he like whispers to the kids. It makes no sense. No, I like it, though. You're safe now. Santa Claus is gone. And then like. Because he was Santa Claus. He, he, he thought he was just like the toy store owner said he would. Yeah, but they would have been safe if Santa Claus just didn't murder people at random. True. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to go into his mental health because. It is it's the crux mess. of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, he dies and all the kids gather around. And apparently it's his little brother, Ricky. I didn't pick Who up on that. He looks way too young. Yeah, he's really, he's too young considering it's been like 10, it's been at least 10 years. 13. It's been 13 years since the event. Right. So he looks way too young. And he's like six. It makes no sense. Yeah. And he goes over and he looks at Mother Superior and he goes, naughty. Yeah. He's glaring at her. Yeah. He's like, well, there's murderer number two. Yeah. So now we got the sequel. Woo. Fired up and ready to go. And that's the whole movie. That's the movie, ladies and gents. And what a wild what a movie. ride it was. <laughs> I watched this movie alone because I thought I honestly thought it was going to be the kind of movie I have to suffer suffer through. I thought it was going to be boring because bad movies can be boring. This is not a boring bad movie. No, this was a sensational movie. Yes, a cinematic masterpiece. Oh my gosh! And so, so in the in an interview about the making of this movie, um, the director Charles he says that. It's based on a book entitled Sleigh Ride by Paul um, Kamey. That so, would have been a way better title. Well, so the original title was Sleigh Ride. And it was, the, it was Sleigh Ride throughout the entire production. And then TriStar decided to change it to Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ugh! Literally last minute. So TriStar is made of a bunch of morons is what you've told me. Yeah, essentially. And they're Sleigh owned by Ride Coke. would have been such a clever name. But it wasn't. Ah, uh, damn. That would have been really good. So this is a this is a book. I can like pick this up and read this. So no, he outright lied. It's not true <gasps> at all. <laughs> so. What a weird thing to lie about. <laughs> okay, so like so but Paul Kamey at the time uh, that the movie was made, he was a he was a Harvard University student. He was like in college or whatever. And he wrote a script that he submitted to the producers to have this movie made and it was called um I uh, gosh, I can't remember what he called it, what he called it. It was really funny though, but it was about a killer Santa Claus, right? Sure. And they responded with, "Hate your script, love the killer Santa idea." <laughs> so they just made the movie, and then they credit him as a story by credit. Oh, good even for though him. he did not write this story at all, he just had a killer Santa. Yeah, he just had a story about a killer Santa, and they're like, "You so know, we what? hate your script." Good for Love him. Love the concept. Good for him. <laughs> Amazing. Now we have the moment that I honestly, I don't know where, what I'm going to do. I don't know either. 
I don't know. So, listeners, we have a scoreboard ranking of all the movies that we've done, and we've ranked them from like one to right now we're at 16 this is going to go somewhere on the list of 16 it's on yep. our tumblr it's nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com i li- i don't know because like it doesn't deserve to be above some of these movies but it doesn't deserve to be below them either i fully it agree with its everything own, you just said it's own uh, okay let me let me look it okay, has so to be ranking bl- right now we have conjuring yeah. oculus hereditary yeah. pulling in the top three yes it cannot go in the top three. I, w- I can't. No, I agree. I don't think it's the top three. And I don't think it should be above S- Scream either. Where's Scream? Four? Scream's number no, four. No, 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 no. But it, I, c- I do like it in the similar ways that I liked Scream. I want this. It's got to, it goes below Shining. It goes below Creep. It goes below Drag Me to Hell. It might go above Insidious. So me. I think it needs to go higher than that. No. I definitely think it has to be above Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell. No, I can't allow that. I nope. Sorry, but you forced your hand the last couple of times. I'm forcing my hand. It's above Drag Me to Hell. That's not how it works. It I is how it works. Continue to force my hand. <laughs> I can keep. I can keep doing this. Well, then I'm just gonna keep pushing back. Let me. Okay, let's talk about it. Whenever we talked about Drag Me to Hell, we genuinely enjoyed it as we thought the writing was clever, the visual effects were hilarious. And the story was really fun and upbeat and crazy. And it was different. It was really different. We thought the ending was really rich and cool. Remember whenever, like, she's in the little lot? The, that's not a lobby. The room with all the gold painted on it. And it has yeah, all the ancient... I like I liked the small details of that movie. Yeah. But there was a lot of stuff that I just don't think was well executed. And, like, not that this movie is perfect. This was well I executed? Think, I think it was better. I liked this movie. I thought it was... I thought this was more enjoyable to watch. I thought it was. I'm gonna watch this every Christmas. I'm probably never gonna watch Drag Me to Hell again, to be honest. Uh, well, mm, I can't let it go above Drag Me. To, I I would let it go above Insidious. No, I, that's just your thing again. No, I. It's I'm letting what, it. I'm letting it above Idle Hands, and I think that's a big deal for me. Nope, I think it should because I think Drag Idle Hands is better. Oh, okay, we're gonna have to split the difference. There is no difference. Drag Me to Hell and Insidious are right next to each other. Do you want it? Okay. You want so you think it can go below Creep? Sure. Yeah, probably. So my main thing is I just want it above Idle Hands. Or like I don't want it, but I will allow it to be above Idle Hands. Okay. So what's your point? I think that that makes it go right between Drag Me to Hell and Insidious. I don't think so. I don't think that's true. I think it is true. No, because you're the one that's making dead, the decision that it's above idle right hands. You're not in compromising the for me. <laughs> that's dead in the middle of the list. I think that is respectable for a movie of this caliber. I think which it's- is which is a bad caliber. Like, let's not forget, this is a bad movie. I love it. But it was a good it. movie. I love it. It's enjoyable. Everyone I know is going to get a copy of it for Christmas. But Drive Me to Hell was a better movie. I disagree. I mean, I don't watch... I do watch Lord of the Rings every Christmas. I don't watch... What's a good movie? The Godfather. No, we do watch that. What's a good movie? <laughs> What's a good movie? Uh, Your argument is falling apart Requiem. in front of me. <laughs> That's a bad movie. I hate that movie. There are movies that can be good movies, and I don't want to watch them every year. I don't watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because I think it's a work of art. <laughs> Literally, Donner says, no, this is a man's work, and doesn't let the girls go out to find Rudolph like it's it's a it's not a good movie but I watch it every year 
I'm uh-huh. gonna watch this every year. It doesn't make it a better movie than other movies. But I'm for that reason. I genuinely don't think I will ever watch Drag Me to Hell again because, like, while I appreciated aspects of it, it was it's not a memorable movie for me. This is a memorable movie for me. But you also don't like scary movies. Yeah, Kate. Welcome to the point <laughs> of the podcast. I think this goes about Drag Me to Hell, and I'm really I don't not going to budge. I can allow it. I, really? I'm not going to allow it to go below it. So what are you going to do there? I guess we're going to have to disassemble the, the podcast. It's been a really good run. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> okay. I will let you do this. But the next... That gives me a bargaining chip. No, because no, you, you, I let you do things in the last two episodes. You, I have chips here. You have, nope, absolutely not. You have, I will allow you one chip and I will allow you to lose, use it now or we can keep fighting. But I've, ge- you've, you've given me two chips. No. We, no, chip. you, I have disagreed with you multiple times this last, last, several last episodes and you've gotten your way every time. No, we were both stoked to put the nun at the bottom. I wanted Oculus at the top. You refused. That's true. I did refuse. This goes above Drag Me to Hell. It's one of the chips that I've already earned. That's You get one chip, I'll let you use it. But no, then that's not how both, this works, But Kate. then we're both chipless. Then we both have no chips. I think you're cheating me here because I definitely deserve more chips than two. I think I'm negotiating hard, but I don't think I'm cheating you. You totally are. Okay. I, I, will, I will say, Drag Me to Hell, it will go... That's a high ranking. That's like... Yeah. To go to number and it seven. it deserves it. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. I will let it be at number seven. You get half of a chip. That doesn't make sense. It does make sense. Because it means if you had had half a, chip, half a chip now, you wouldn't have gotten this. But you have a whole chip. I'll let you have it. You get half of a bargaining chip, meaning I will hear you out a little bit more than I should. All right, everyone. Please acknowledge that Kate is outright a bully <laughs> this is not a partnership this how do you is think i got this podcast going you were like wow i really don't like horror movies and i was like chris you want to watch a bunch of horror movies so what you're saying is you owe me for agreeing to do this with you what i'm saying <laughs> is that i will let this go at number seven all right and we'll address the chips later but <laughs> it's number seven we will address the effect that this movie has had on our friendship later. <laughs> Off the air. Off the air. All right. So we have, I can't believe I'm allowing this, but I am. Oh my God. Stop acting like you're the boss and you are I'm allowing not, no. this. You, you allowed me to negotiate idle hands to a better, to a bigger spot. Yeah, I did. You did. You, did. you continue and, and I, to I, argue in my favor and yet you act like you're doing me a favor. I'm not doing you a favor, but I am doing you a favor. See? <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. You know moving what? This, movie, on. this movie was enjoyable. It can be number seven above Drag Me to Hell, underneath Creep. Fair enough. Ugh, that's not fair, but okay. It is very fair. It's not fair. Anyway, anyway, if you guys um, enjoyed our podcast, <laughs> well, now this is be- just awkward. <laughs> I know. This is stilted, but <laughs> you guys want to be in our club? You totally can. All you have to do is subscribe us anywhere you listen to your podcast. And also, we have a Facebook, an Instagram, and a Twitter. And we are gonna we do all sorts of crazy crap on those things all week. So you guys should check it out. Yeah. And if you want to check out the scoreboard that we literally just shed blood over, um, <laughs> it's available on our Tumblr, nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com. And we also post show notes there so you can see what, a show's, what an episode is going to be about before you commit to listening to it. 
Yes. Oh, and also it helps us a lot if you enjoyed this podcast, which I'm going to assume that you're not hate listening to it because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, you're still here. <laughs> you're Either still you're here. a masochist or what's going <laughs> like on? like it a little at least. <laughs> you can, it will help us a lot if you give us a rating and a review on any of our platforms. We Did you see we got two more ratings, Chris? Woo! Woo! Two more ratings and they are not bad ratings. So yeah, that's living good. it. Woo! Love us, please. Please give us the approval that we desperately seek from you, our yes. club members. So, Kate, and that's it. The question everyone's asking. Yes. Everyone's asking. Everyone. It's all over the internet. Yes. What are we watching next week? Ah, uh, I've got it picked out. Next. Well, then week, tell me. <laughs> we. <We're- laughs> <laughs> Dramatic pause. While I we're think watching about the, the new number be. six. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch. An American Werewolf in London. <gasps> For real? For real. Have you seen it? No, I have not. It's <laughs> really, really good. I've heard things about it. Okay. It is in my top three, probably favorite horror movies. Oh, great. Now like, I have to I went, like it or we're going to fight about it. Oh, honey, we're going to fight regardless. <laughs> but we'll get into it next episode. But it is like one of the movies that I watched when I was really young, like with my dad. And it had... Some of like the it was like the really cool new special effects like of the seventies. It was a really big deal, and it's still an awesome, hilarious, terrifying, genuine horror movie. Awesome, excited. Can't can't believe I've overhyped it. I can't overhype it enough. Chris. Yes. You just have to. <laughs> so that's what we're watching: American American Werewolf in London. And obviously, if you guys, our listeners, want to request a movie, I've only had one request for a movie so far. Have we watched it yet? No, because it was my sister, and I don't want to watch it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so if you guys have a movie that you want us to watch, let us know. We have an email address. It's nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. And we also, you can reach out to us on any of our social media. Yeah, and please do. We would love for you to disagree with us, and specifically Kate. Oh, shut up. You're such a baby. You got your number seven, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tooth and nail. <laughs> Tooth and nail. All right. So that was our episode. Hope you loved it. Hope you love us. We love you. And uh, that's it. That's it. All right. Happy Cue New the Year, creepy everyone. Christmas music. <laughs> Boom. Santa's watching.